0: Hello, welcome to Feature and Short, an intimate documentary style film event that features a short and long form movie and discussion. My name is Justin Joseph Hall, owner of Four Wind Films. So this week, we have an Emmy-nominated editor who works for Vice. Her name is Ilaria Polsonetti, and we worked together a long time ago at Market Road Films in post-production. Everyone sings Elaria's praises. She is thoughtful, collaborative, she's always nice, easy to talk to, and brings a new perspective and style to anything that she works on, whether that's music videos or now advice, her editing in news reporting and documentaries. So uh, we have been trying to get her on the show for a while. Anyway, today, Laria brought two documentaries. Her first one she didn't work on. This is a New York Times op doc or opinion documentary called Dulce in Colombia
1: that is beautiful, but very raw material. You'll see there's no music. There's just natural sounds to it. The story is just like, it's a little window in somebody's life. And I think it's so powerful in 10 minutes, you just enter a whole other world and you're absorbed in it. And the cinematography is out of this world and in a place that it's pretty remote. You know, this, this is what I would love to do. In my life.
0: <laughs> After watching say, we had a short discussion.
1: It's, it's such a fascinating community. A community yeah. that lives on, like, shell hunting. Like, I didn't even know that was, like, a no. thing. I mean, obviously, it's not an easy life, but it also feels just like a different world, a different way of life. And... But very fascinating, and at the same time, the you know this very beautiful relationship between um, mother and daughter, yeah. and and it's true, you know, this kid needs to learn how to swim because that's very tied to her survival in this yeah. a place that it's surrounded by water, and I think it's, it, you know this is clearly a rite of passage for kids there. there there's so many layers to it, but at the same time very, very simple story, but it's, I think, more powerful because of that. The characters, they're so comfortable on camera that I I don't think there were many people shooting this. Like, it must have been, you know, yeah, two people, maybe three, but, you know, a good DP who knows what to do and knows how to, you know, record sound. He can do, you know, one day of just recording sound after.
0: That reminds me, I saw this Jungles in Paris in there. All their movies are like this. Mm. where they go to a very isolated community usually in the in the countryside they don't move the camera a ton it's a lot of still images oh well,
1: i love that <laughs> making it
0: making it look nice and then they finish it right and and do the sound right but i think they usually go with a, a small small team like two people or something
1: mm. advice we work with like a variety of stories and you know you'll get to work on war zone stuff and then the next day you're you know cutting an interview that was done in DC and let me tell you the dp that goes to the war zone always much better than the guy who's in DC shooting an interview that should be the simplest thing ever <laughs> the sound is wrong the camera is wrong there's always something wrong the dp yeah. who is in you know Yemen and the bombs are like falling down around him does the best stuff he's by himself you don't need a second camera the audio is always perfect you know some people are just very good at their job and they just can do it um by themselves do
0: your pieces have like a host still because we do
1: mostly yeah they're hosted we always have a correspondent um rarely it's without a correspondent and if it's without a correspondent it's usually a very short news piece and I actually don't work on those much anymore. Okay. So it's, it's usually, yeah, you know, Vice, Vice's style is very much correspondent-based. Um, you know, you you go on a trip with them. You go see the world through their eyes. They're usually very, you know, relatable correspondents. So you, you want to be their friend. You want to go see what they're seeing. You want to hear what they have to say. <laughs> yeah. It kind of, I mean, a little, <laughs> did you see beasts of...
0: um. Southern yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah t- the a similarity in the sense of the, the, the sound. The next film that we have was a documentary that Laria worked on for quite a long time called Black South Rising, Inside Charlotte's Mostly Black and Brown Government. And in the documentary, Laria put together a very dense emotional piece of political changes found in Charlotte, North Carolina after the police shooting of Keith Lamont Scott. Which had a ripple effect, getting many more people of color into the local government. The film was released just after George Floyd's death last year, and we had the pleasure of viewing it now. During the film, we passed out cups of sweet iced tea and dry fruit loops. After the film finished, we talked about the piece. Oh, man. <laughs> oh I'm.
1: Thank you for this. Thank you for inviting me to here. Thank you for being a part of this. It was pretty great to work with this group of people because we had worked together before, so they really trusted me as an editor and kind of let me do my thing. And we worked together a lot on the story, like we did story production together. So it was, um, was, you know, they gave me a lot of time to just, you know, be with the footage, which is rare, and come out with ideas on how to make the story work and move. and yeah. Present it the way that we just got to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a great team to work with. You've seen the correspondent in this case, Alzo Slade. He's uh, amazing. Like, uh, He's really pers- cute. Apart from you know being like, <laughs> no, incredibly but he's handsome, he's really incredibly great. handsome, the sexiest <laughs> boys around. No, <laughs> he's really great. Um, but he is the sweetest person on earth, and uh, as you can see, he has this ability to make anybody very comfortable. The story wouldn't have worked without him. Like you know, he just you know puts everybody at ease, black white. It doesn't matter. Like he put himself into it and. And then the two producers, Mava, which she actually went to school with Baxton and they went to high school together for like a year. And so she was following him on Facebook and saw all of this happen on Facebook because he was like doing a Facebook live of protests in Charlotte. So she started yeah. following him and then saw that he was elected and was just like, what is this story? This is pretty interesting. And Braxton is you know, such an interesting person, yeah. incredibly smart. Um, then we had a producer, Lyle, who <laughs> is from Charlotte. So that was very helpful too, in mm. terms of like, understanding the city better, understanding who we should talk to, um, what, you know, who were the, the real players. Um, most of it was done Trying during the pandemic, They were like my pandemic buddies, even through like video, like, you know, Zoom calls and whatever. Because we were talking so much about this and, and the story and how to make it work and what goes where. And, you know, obviously there were so many scenes that had to be cut out. The intro about George Floyd, Uh, we added the very like two days before this air because yeah because what's happening yeah because we we had this thing ready and we were just like waiting for the right time to publish it um sometimes you just have stories that are not you know they're not timely at the time they were not this was not timely and then the george floyd story happened and we were like okay we need to get it out there and so we attached this and also, was actually in Minneapolis for it uh, anyway. So, you know, we understood how valuable this story was, even now, after what? Like, I haven't seen it in like a year. Uh, I still think it's pretty accurate. <laughs> it is. I think it- one of the guys, Perry, he's the guy who talks about school. He has like one of the best lines in this where he says, it's not. Racism is not about saying slurs. That is policies and laws, and we're yeah. seeing it in Georgia. What they're doing with like voter restrictions and stuff like that—that's all part of the same problem. I mean, if you're not given the opportunity to rise, you'll never rise.
0: And so, when you guys were sitting down, like going over at your the pre-production meeting that you said, mm-hmm. have you guys already shot something or like what's? The first I part?
1: I got involved. I usually the editors come in after, but. In this specific case and in a few other projects I was on, I was brought in at the very beginning, which was awesome. I was at the very first meeting when they hadn't shot anything, and this was still an idea. Um, I got very much involved in the story production side of things, and they were shooting as I was editing. So at some point, obviously, I was sending them notes on what I needed, what what they should ask the interviewee, and...
0: So when yeah when yeah. you're creating the story, are you do you do like paper cuts? How do you work with the other producers on, on a piece kind of, like this? It kind
1: of depends on who the producer is, what the relationship is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Usually producers that don't know me well, they'll be like, this is the script. This is what I want. And that's it. But then producers who know me and know the way I work, you know, you'll you'll tell me what you want out of a scene and I'll, I'll bring it out. And that's that's what I like to do is just go in and find the bites and make them work. And, um, you know, the best question to ask is like, what, what do you think was the best moment? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't translate on camera. You know, for them, it's like the moment was amazing and then you see it and like the camera is like on a completely other person and you're like, well, that doesn't look good. Um, but usually you ask them what are the best scenes, and I love to start with those, just to you know get the energy going, and just be like, well, this is the best we have, and then you build everything around the best. Um, and uh, and yeah, I like to ask them what what are you trying to get out of this interview? And it's also good for the producer because sometimes they do go in and don't really think about what they want from an interview or like a a scene they're they're trying to build and it's good for them to think about it. And luckily they gave us so much time to work on it. That's, you know, not usually the case. They were trying to see if this long form style could work and they kind of used us as, uh, you know, guinea pigs. And it worked out because... It worked out. Yeah, I've done three more of these long form pieces after. So... They seem to like the, the way it works. Um, I I thought it was so fascinating to see all these different ca- characters, even Braxton, who, you know, started out as this civil rights actress, kind of turning into more of a politician. You know, we're really upset about something. And now in power, oh, wait, we actually, you know, we can't do everything we wanted to do. And, and you know, that's also very interesting. I think, you know... Um, the uh, Obama era in the U.S. was fascinating in that sense too, that's because scary. you would think, you know, a black uh, president would change the U.S. And of course that's not possible. You can't be one person can't change the whole country. And that's, you know, that's, yeah. what's interesting. It's, but it's, it's progress. And, um, and so it's interesting to see what the city has tried to do and what this black leadership is trying to do. Um, and they have good allies. Um, and um yeah it's just like an interesting portrait of you know one city in the US but i think a very representative city. very
0: representative. Thank you for listening to this edition of Feature in a Short. If you would like to see a film, you can find it on YouTube on the Vice channel. Uh, in the forecast to look forward to, even though it has already been published, please go and listen. There is an interview with me on the podcast by Austin Lugo called With Nothing to Say. If you check out episode 290 You can hear our nearly hour-long conversation about movies and things from my youth, things about my parents and my background, and how that folded into my work life and the way Austin and I enjoy cinema. So please go check it out, subscribe to his podcast, and uh, give us both ratings on wherever you listen to your podcast. And for credits on this episode, we want to say thank you to Brian Trahan, who does the additional music as well as the theme song for the season under the name Sun Nectar. In addition, we'd like to thank our line producer, Lauderdavi Davi, for helping us set up the event. We will be taking a break due to my first child being born. I don't know when we'll be up again, hopefully at the end of August or a little bit later. And with that, I will talk at you soon. Thank you. Bye.